Welcome to the Dragon's Library, a podcast where I, the Dragon, talk about all the media I enjoy, past and present. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Alright everyone, welcome back to the Dragon's Library. Uh, this week I actually have something special planned, a theme week. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to do this again, or even if I'll you know make this a regular thing, but this week we're going to be talking about video game movies. And when I said that, Basically, everyone in my audience who knows what I'm talking about groaned. Or most likely just hoped I was only talking about uh, Detective Pikachu. (laughs) So I've got two fairly new video game movies. One just came out and one came out like a year ago. So this week, we're going to be talking about Monster Hunter and Detective Pikachu. Tuesday today is going to be... Monster Hunter. And on Friday, we'll be discussing Detective Pikachu. Uh, I decided to start with Monster Hunter because it's the more recent movie. And it's also the one I have, like, more coherent thoughts on. Or maybe I have less coherent thoughts on. It's the weird one for me. It's the little bit of an oddball, and I wanted to start out with it. I have a lot of good things to say about Detective Pikachu. My opinion on Monster Hunter is a bit more mixed. So let's get right into it. Uh, For those of you who haven't heard of this movie or the games it's based on. Monster Hunter is a uh, game series where you're in a fantasy world with talking anthropomorphic cats and all types of giant monsters across, basically across of every animal you know of, plus a lot of dragons. Lots and lots of dragons. Mm-hmm. So in that world, the games are basically, you start out as you know a monster hunter who goes out and hunts down monster parts to craft gear so you can hunt down bigger and better monsters. Uh, or specific types of monsters with certain resistances to certain elemental attacks, and you, so you hunt down the gear they're weak to, and then you repeat that process until you have the top-tier elemental weapon in the land, and everyone trembles in fear. Uh, unlike a lot of games that sit, are about giant boss fights, it really digs down into the meat and bones of it, so I've only ever played Monster Hunter World, so if there are big Monster Hunter fans out there and are upset that I didn't do the series justice, that's all I played. I've only got, I only got a little ways into the game, but I didn't find it fun. It just wasn't my thing. Um, the game series involves, you know, hunting these monsters. You track them down. You craft the gear. Sometimes you have to learn about their habits and stuff like that. It's fairly involved, actually. It's probably one of the more in-depth uh, hunting gameplay features I've ever seen. So, yeah, that's the same series. Now, the movie is... Unfortunately, it's one of those movies that does the same thing a lot of bad view game movies do in when they have a fantasy world, and they try and make it part of reality. So, the movie starts out with some soldiers in, I think, Afghanistan? It's very unclear. It's a desert Middle East country, basically. Um, and they're investigating a missing troop of soldiers. When they find the their equipment, they find, like, a massive burned sky, you know, burned patches of ground that have been literally glassed and... The tracks of what looked like, you know, some monster that rampaged through there. Uh, then a storm comes by, and they run away, and end up stu- and, and while trying to outrace the storm, end up stumbling into a bunch of glyphs on stones that glow after being activated by the lightning, and they get transported to a fantasy world. Now, to their perspective, it looks like they just suddenly ended up in a massive desert. They were in, like, a rocky plains kind of desert beforehand, but now it's, like, full sand dunes desert. Which, you know, obviously freaks them out. It takes them a little longer than usual to realize they're not on Earth. Um, 
and they end up getting attacked by these. They end up running for cover after a giant sand, like basically something you know, like you know that stereotypical creature when you have a desert and you want to have fantasy world, and so you create like what is essentially a sea beast, but it lives underneath the sand and swims through it and grabs things. Yeah, it, it's one of those. Uh, I don't know this monster's name. I apologize. I know the Monster Hunter community are streaming me. Hey, you idiot! It's this monster from these games. Like I know what I'd be doing, but. I don't know which monster it is, so I'm just going to call it the giant sh sand shark and move on from there. Anyway, they go to this rocky formation and they get picked off one by one. Uh, the leader and the, and the leader ends up being the only survivor. Um, and she meets up with a local monster hunter who had tried to warn them using like flash arrows and stuff like that. They don't really speak the same language, which I kind of liked that the Monster Hunter world doesn't actually... Nobody in the Monster Hunter world actually speaks English, so they have to, like, slowly learn to not only understand, but also trust each other and work together. Uh, honestly, it reminded me of the games, strangely enough. Like, I say it was a really bad setup, but the setup of having these two people who don't know a thing about each other, and one of whom doesn't know anything about this world, slowly have to learn the mechanics. Like, they find out the spiders have this paralytic venom. So they end up cutting, like, they're doing spider scorpion things. So they have, like, a tail and stuff like that, and a stinger. So they end up stealing a stinger so that they can use it to ambush and attack the other monster, you know, paralyze it so they can kill it. And it was this really involved setup, you know, hunting down these specific parts, crafting them, and then creating, like, a trap and using the resources available to take down this big sand beast that's been causing them so much trouble. Which, I actually really liked that. If the entire movie had been about that kind of thing... Uh, I think I would have liked it a bit more. They even have a whole thing where, you know, she crafts her own weapons and learns how to use them, activating the special attack power of stuff, just like in those, uh, you know, game series. All really cool stuff. Then they meet up with this big ship of monster hunters, uh, one of whom had met another human who had come here before, and so he learned how to speak English. He had a sort of translator for the rest of them, for the rest of the movie. Um, after that, they end up he ends up telling them that a portal is open between their world and they need to close it so that monsters don't, you know, go on to the human world and cause them to retaliate on their world. You know, whole keep the world separate so we can keep them safe sort of, thing, sort of deal to it. Uh, the idea is pretty well done in this. I really liked how she adjusts to everything. Oh, I'm sorry. The main character, I mean, I completely forgot to mention this deal just now. The main character is the same person they used for the Resident Evil movies. I'm not joking. It's that same actor who was that, um, you know, the, that original character for the Resident Evil movies, the protagonist for all those movies. It was, like, I was watching the movie and I was like, she looks familiar. It's like, oh my god, she was in Resident Evil! She was in all those movies! Because I've seen all of those movies! And then I got sad over the fact that I've watched all but all those movies except the first two. Uh, first two Resident Evil movies are actually pretty fun. If you want some fun horror movies that are just kind of dumb, they're a lot of fun and I actually recommend them. The others get mired up in the actual plot of Resident Evil and lose a lot of their fun factor, so maybe avoid them. Anyway, back on topic. <laughs> uh, they end up going to this massive temple where the, uh, the portal is, or the device that's causing the portal, the magic MacGuffin, basically. And they fight this giant fire-breathing thing. It's the only monster I can remember in the name of the Ractalos, I believe it's called. Uh, it's probably the monster people are most familiar with when they think of Monster Hunter. It's this giant, uh, two-legged wyvern creature. So wyverns, for those who don't know about mythology, are dragons who only have two bipedal legs, and, but still have wings and are shaped like your typical western dragon. Um, and they have this awesome fight with it. 
And then, midway through the fight, the main character gets sent back into the human world, and they end up fighting the Ractalos in the human world with assistance from the human army. With, like, the U.S. Army or something like that. And it is just the most surreal thing, seeing a dragon fight fighter jets. And it is awesome. I will not deny it. When it comes to spectacle, this movie definitely has some spectacle. Gotta give it that. Anyway, uh, the movie ends up ending, though, on what is the most bizarre ending I have ever had the, I don't know, pleasure, I guess, to experience. Basically, they defeat the Ractalos, and you think they're gonna, you know, now it's time for us to go back to our worlds. Goodbye, great warrior. You have earned a place of honor amongst our legends and songs. You know that thing, the separation part. Instead, another monster goes barely out of the portal, and the three remaining hunters, the human, the, you know, the modern human protagonist we've been doing with, and the other two, uh, the translator and the one she met in the rocks, get, you know, get into a fighting stance, and you're like, oh, they're gonna have another battle. This was like just a setup for the big final battles. They rush to go close the portal. Nope! Free, as they all jump towards the monster, freeze frame, cut to credit, cut to title and credits. And it's like, oh, wait, what? They didn't resolve any of the major plot points of this movie. The portal's still active, monsters still going through, and they're trying to just fight them forever or something? I guess they close the portal off screen? Does she stay in that world or she return to her own? Like, it is so bizarre. It is the most surreal ending I've ever experienced. <laughs> Uh, anyway, my thoughts on the movie are, uh, it's very interesting from, like, a character perspective. Like, there's a lot of interesting moments between the hunter she meets in the rocks, who I forget the name of, um, and the, uh, other hunters on the ship all have interesting personalities. The main guy who speaks English, like, who acts as the translator once they meet up with their other hunters, like, the captain of the ship or whatever. Uh, by the way, the ship is, like, sailing on the sand dunes. Again, they're going all for the sand as an ocean of sand metaphor thing. It's all very fun. Uh, there are a few references in the series, most of which I did not get, but I could tell they were referencing something. I loved the uh, cat chef. I forget the name of those are. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. For, you know what? For example, play Monster Hunter, one of the things in the game is you gather rare meats and vegetables and bring it back to your little cat assistant friend, and he'll cook it into this meal, and your character will have this amazing animation where she's like, he or she are, sc they're scarfing it down with all this veracity. It's just, rom, 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 rom. It, it's, it's one of the things Walter Hunter is known for. If you did not, had not heard of the series before. And it is hilarious every time. Uh, they even had like a little scene where they're all like devouring as they prepare for a battle. It's, it's wonderful. And yeah, uh, that's about the, that's about the whole movie, to be honest. This, uh, it was, it was pretty good. Like, for maybe a movie, it's probably up there. Uh, it's not huge on the overarching plot goal. It's more about the characters growing and learning from each other, uh, learning to survive. And honestly, for a series like Monster Hunter, the anticlimactic ending is almost, like, appropriate because you don't really finish Monster Hunter. You always have something more to do for the most part, so you just keep going keep going until you stop. That's what this movie feels like. A movie that just kept going until the budget said, Alright, we're out of budget. Freeze frame, cut the credits, we're good. Oh, God, that's why I say it out like that. It actually sounds plausible. So yeah, if you want just like a fun action movie with some interesting character dynamics and a few really well done scenes, some good effects, go for it. It's a fun time. I think this one's still in theaters at the moment, so if you can go there safely, go ahead. If not, you know, you can find it on different streaming websites. Um... So yeah, 
Alrighty. Well, I'll see you guys back here to go over Detective Pikachu. Next next Tuesday, we're going to be going over a book. Uh, it's going to be the sequel to His Majesty's Dragon, which I talked about in the first episode, called The Throne of Jade. It's probably tied with the first book for being my favorite in the series. So, yeah. I uh, can't wait to talk about that then. Until next time.